Good evening, everybody. Welcome to Paxahow Radio, episode number eight. We've got Pontchartrain in the house with us. What's up, man? Welcome to the show. Nice to see you guys. Nice to have you. Pontchartrain is one of Detroit's more recent global exports. Within the past few years, his schedule's gotten quite busy with nonstop gigs, mostly stemming from the recent success and notoriety from his vinyl releases. So needless to say, we're excited to have Detroit's Disco Edit Champion on the show tonight. Thanks, man. Yeah, really welcome. Excited to be here. So you've been traveling to some pretty rad places this year, recently returning from South America, and you're on your way to Europe for another tour. What does it feel like to carry the torch for Detroit's younger generation of DJs and electronic artists? Well, uh, honestly, it feels pretty great. I can't even lie about that. It, it's a lot of work, like a ton of work. you got to put in a lot of hours on the back end, but um, I'm just really excited that I have any opportunity to do that at all. I don't know if I, I necessarily say that I'm carrying the torch per se. Right now, I'm just trying to catch up to all the guys before me and learn as much as I can from them. And uh, then hopefully I'll get to a point where I feel like I'm truly actually carrying the torch. I, I just set my bar really, really high all the time so that I'm always working towards something. You're definitely getting your passport stamped and doing yeah, some gigs. Yeah, it's been quite a lot. Actually, I, I just came back from Europe. I, I am starting to plan for something else again, but... Yeah, it's like every every month I'm trying to plan somewhere new to lay down some groundwork for stuff in the future right now. Right now it's just really important to get out as much as possible. Where's your favorite spot you've played so far? Oh man, that's tough. I, I think my absolute favorite place to play, hands down, always is going to be Temple Bar in Detroit. I just I, It was uh, kind of one of the places that gave me the start as Pontchartrain rather than, and I've been DJing for a long time before that, but... That was where I got to try out the idea the most. Um, but I'd say, other than that, Conquistador in Colombia is just like the coolest spot. It's in Barranquilla. They, uh, it's like an outdoor patio. There's a mango tree above the dance floor, and they hang a big disco ball. And I just have really great friends down there. I've been to a lot of great places, but that one, that one also feels very special to me, for sure. Right on. Yeah. Were you eating mangoes while DJing? No, man. That place has, oh, the guy, the chef is this crazy dude who just makes all these dishes up. Every time I go, it's all this new stuff. And he's, he's one of the best chefs I've, uh, I've ever met in my life and has like the best food. If you ever get a chance to go to Colombia, that is probably the best restaurant in the whole country. Conquistador. It's, yeah, Conquistador. It's amazing. And they have like a whole team of people for designers and everything. It, it blows away so much here. It it would it'd blow your mind. It's awesome. Right on. Let's talk about records a little bit. Yeah. Uh, everyone knows that you've got a pretty vast music collection, many records. Uh, what gave you the influence to start collecting? Uh, absolutely, hands down, the number one influence was Detroit Techno Militia. They... Uh, they were the ones who answered all of my questions when I had them, where other people would maybe say, okay, this is some newbie, you know, whatever. Every time I would go to one of their shows, I would, I would follow them and listen exactly to what they played and ask them about them afterwards. And they would tell me, they'd tell me when they were going to the record store, uh, Tom and Bill and Desi, uh, everybody would show me exactly what to buy. And it put me on this whole different pathway. And uh, Desi... Magby, DJ Psycho specifically, really opened up my mind to the, the whole soul music and disco thing. And I would listen to his sets and hear him incorporate that. And if I set my mind to something, I go like, you know, really extreme with it. So in 10 years is pretty much when I went from zero to 100% with my collection. I, 
I had almost nothing before that. My my fam I was musical, but my family wasn't big music people. Th those guys really truly gave me my start. Yeah, for sure. Did you think when you were climbing the ropes through techno music, did you envision the disco project being your front runner? Was that part of your vision then? No, not at all. Um, the first records that I ever bought were electro and ghetto tech, um, and then. I naturally figured out where it came from. I said, wow, this is interesting. I want to know more. Why would someone create this? And when you just ask those questions and you look inward and you start trying to figure that stuff out, you will come to the conclusion that soul and disco and funk started all of that. So for me, it was like, well, I want to start from scratch and then build on that, which is what's happening. So we did edits and now I'm getting back into the house music and we'll see where it goes from there. But I'm I want to teach myself from scratch completely. Yeah. That's why I did the project. Total do it yourself. Yeah. I, I wanted to know the roots of, of everything. <laughs> Speaking of edits, where did your passion for making DJ edits come from? Uh, for me, there were just DJ tools. Uh, I was playing, I remember I was playing with Jerry Downey. He's actually the one who gave me most of the interest in edits. I knew they were out there. Uh, to me, though, they, they were just house music. You know, to me, real house music was all just taking the concepts of disco or mostly samples and, and looping it. And then I heard people taking these full songs and I'm like, well, that's a really great idea. I didn't know anybody would be down for that. So then I gave it my own try and I just would make something that would convey the feeling that I wanted and made it as a tool. And that's specifically why I did that. There was no other reason other than to make them as a tool. I never expected it to be something like it is now. Any, like, secret private edit artists you want to shout out and make known? Oh, man, there's so many. I, right now, I want to give a huge shout-out to uh, Sleazy McQueen, uh, Lauren Fedora. He, he is primarily responsible for me being on the map at all. Uh, same with Greg Holmes um, out in England. Uh, he put out my very first release on Hot Digits. Uh, so those guys, for sure. But there's so many people that I, I talk with and collaborate with daily, uh, you know, multiple times a day that I, I would take me forever to list them all. I just, you all know who you are. You guys are awesome. And that whole community of edits and, and that kind of house and the crate digging community at large is the best. It's really the best. The culture goes deep. Yeah, it really does. Everybody wants to, uh, everybody's really into it. They, they're not just into it for the politics and stuff. Uh, everybody really loves the music and they don't care how, you know, big they get or whatever. I think I'm probably one of the more ambitious guys in the scene. Everybody else is just like, hey, you want to, you know, listen to this song? Just <laughs> it's great to have people who go, hey, you should listen to this song. You should just take, take, you know, 10 minutes out of your day and listen to this. I think you'd really enjoy it. And I, I love dealing with people like that. So I'm very thankful for them. I like being in a business where we have the power of suggestion. Of, yeah. Of showing great music to people. Mm -hmm. uh, you help showcase music in other respects as well you do a and r for a record label the whiskey disco so up and up and coming artists can kind of have an idea uh, and then some insight from someone that has a role like this at a respected label what does it take to get signed um well the the first biggest thing is to introduce yourself to the people who are working with that label um, I, I would not be A&R if I hadn't uh, met Sleazy. I actually booked him for a show just because me and, and Jerry Downey again 
we we just really liked what he was doing and we talked with him online you know you have the power of facebook now we didn't have that even five or six years ago where it was really easy to just message somebody shoot them a message most people if you want if you're going to end up wanting to deal with them in the future they're going to be nice enough to return a message to you so it's okay to just hit them up and go hey you know, I, I really like what you're doing and I just wanted to introduce myself. And that's the first step. And if you have something to give them that, you know, you feel really proud about, give it to them. Don't don't hold back. Just give it to them. And if they like it, then they will. I, I we signed part of the reason that he put me on A&R um, is because I am good at talking with people like that in that way and finding music of people that, you know, nobody's ever heard of. Um, we found a guy, one of the releases we had is a Polish dude who had 50 followers on his SoundCloud. And I just loved all of his stuff. And he couldn't believe that we wanted his records. But anybody, if, if you're do- loving what you're doing, don't hesitate to just contact people at all. Great advice. Uh, speaking of labels, what kind of releases do you have coming up you want to share with us? Um, well, the most current one, we finally sent it to pressing. Um, that was a whole... <laughs> issue for a while there but we finally got it off um for whiskey disco it's actually going to be my first full ep i've been on a lot of records but um i didn't we we love doing various artists on that label so it's not always common for us to do an entire ep for one artist and they thought it was about time so we put together one that's at pressing going to come out in a couple of months uh it's called a date night ep um i've been playing the tracks around here and there Uh, and then i have uh, two house records in the work that are just like straight house. I have a gospel house record that I'm working on. Wow. Um, that one's going to be a pretty big project. And uh, actually, I might I might play one of the tracks tonight. We'll see. Uh, and then the other one is working with a uh, London label that I, I probably can't say right now um, on a fully original work that we did uh, with a vocalist in the studio. I, I learned to play the drums. I learned to uh, play a lot of different percussion and we recorded everything live, all mics, everything is completely from scratch, analog or programmed or we recorded it. I wanted to do something significant so that everybody didn't think I just do edits. Oh, right on. (laughs) Yeah. Well, congratulations on the upcoming projects. Thank you. Uh, Give us a little insight on your marathon sets at Temple Bar in Detroit. Uh, Yeah, well, the whole concept was around that I love the place and I love the feeling. So me and the owner had talked many times and he kept telling me, you shouldn't bring other people. You should just play by yourself. Cause you know, you love it. We love it. Everybody likes it and it just fits. So I gave it a shot and everybody gave me great feedback on it. So now I just go there and basically once a month, all of the music that I've collected, all of what's on my mind, all of what I'm thinking at the time, my emotions, my everything, I just compile into that night. So, you know, some nights are better than others for me and, and whatever, because you might catch me at a, at, a, at a weird moment in my, in my sets where I'm discovering things, but that's kind of the whole point of a residency, I think, and I don't try to cover that up at all. So if you go to Temple Bar on one of my nights, you're going to hear a wide range of music, and you're going to hear exactly where my head is at. And I think that's, that's something that nobody does anymore, and we should do that more often. Yeah, in long sets, you get to find your way through a bunch yeah, of music. Absolutely, I, the whole idea of a resident DJ is so great. What does being a Detroit artist mean for shaping your career? Uh, well, I've tried to find out what that means because 
I feel like people have an idea of what it's supposed to mean. And I think that if you put yourself in that lane, then you're limiting yourself. And a lot of Detroit artists do that. And I didn't want to be that. It goes back to what I was saying about how I wanted to like rediscover everything from scratch. Um, you know, I learned all the ghetto tech and I learned all the electro and I did all that stuff. And then I said, okay, I don't know why I'm playing this other than I like it, but I'm not going to have any influence on it. It's influencing me. So I want to find my own. And I think that Detroit has so much to offer that we don't look back on things like the fact that if you go to any other city in the world uh, and you go to record stores, they don't have what we have. We have like an incredible supply of soul and funk and, you know, R&B that nobody else has in the world. And that's something that you know, anybody can be influenced by. So to me, part of Detroit is recognizing the history, not only from techno on forward, but going back further than that and creating something new, not just the same techno and the same ideas over and over again, which can get um, ubiquitous. You know, the people expect that of you. And I think that that's super important to push the idea further or else Detroit's going to become irrelevant if we don't do that. So that's really important to me. Strong words. Other than tonight on Paxhaw Radio, where can we catch you next? Uh, I will be playing in Washington, D.C. this weekend at 18th Street Lounge. Um, actually, Detroit's going to be fully in the house in D.C. this weekend. So uh, shout out to Dan Andres and Alton Miller and uh, Norm Talley are all going to be in D.C. <laughs> this weekend. Um, so it'll be cool to see all of them. And uh, then after that, I am playing on December 22nd with Peter Croce, who is one of the very few people I love doing back-to-back -back sets with. So I'm excited about that. That'll be at um, uh, the Whiskey Disco uh, on December 22nd. And then on the 31st, I'll be playing with Golf Clap and Gita Sisters and uh, Players Club at um, uh, Grasshopper So right for New Year's Eve. Yeah, that'll be great. Great. Sounds like you got some strong gigs coming up. Yeah, and then I'm going to take a little time off again and finish the EPs, and we'll see what next year has. Right on. Well, thanks for coming on the show. Uh, looking forward to hearing you jam tonight. For the next hour, we've got Poncho Train DJing live right here on Paxahow Radio. like we always do about this time. 123rd, 124th, 7th Avenue, there's a place they call the Shalimar. I got stocks and bonds in it, so I'm selling it. I want you to get next to a certain sense of a coolness at midday as passers by, pass by.
to think of some very beautiful, bright moments. You know what I mean? Bright moments. Bright moments is like <laughs> with your favorite love and y'all trying to sharing the same ice cream dish. And you get mad when she gets the last drop. Take her in your arm and get it the other way. Right moment. That's too heavy for most of y'all because y'all don't know about that kind of love. The love y'all have been taught about is the love in those magazines. And I am fortunate that I didn't have to look at magazines. <laughs> right moment. Bright moments is like seeing something that you ain't never seen in your life, and you don't have to see it, but you know how it looks. Bright moments is like hearing some music that ain't nobody else heard, and they, if they heard it, they wouldn't even recognize that they heard it because they've been hearing it all their life, but they nutted on it, so when you hear it and you start popping your feet, and jump it up and down. They get mad because you enjoying yourself, but those are bright moments that they can't share with you because they don't know even how to even go about listening to what you're listening to. And you, when you try to tell them about it, they don't know a damn thing about what you're talking about. <laughs> Is there any other bright moments before we proceed on? Testify. Beautiful. Beautiful. Right moment.
the show. Ladies and gentlemen, Pontchartrain. That's all we've got tonight for Pax Ohio Radio, episode number eight. You can catch us here next week, same time, same place. Have a good week, people. Peace.